Welcome to Sober Doc Coffee, a weekly coffee chat sharing experience, strength, and hope for anyone on the sober road to recovery. You can download Sober Doc Coffee weekly on all podcast platforms and check us out on Instagram at Sober Coffee Podcast and on Twitter at Sober Coffee Pod. To learn more about us and to help support these sessions, visit online at Sober Coffee. Here are your hosts, two guys on their own path to recovery, Mike and Glenn. Let's join them at the coffee shop. Glenn. Dude, <laughs> I know. I what always are you pointing to me for <laughs> what the hell? I, I always start out, and then I thought we'd do a pregnant pause there. You always make fun of my name somehow, but now you know what we should do, and, what, and we've said think? this before, and we've yeah. never done it. Why? We should always do like a hot mic, like you know, oh. like in the parking lot, because we have some of the most engaging, I know. insightful conversations off off mic, right? And we could even pull some music into it, like this morning. In the, actually, in the parking lot, you put a new my, theme song. A new theme song, yeah. Hell, Hell's yeah, bells. Hell's bells from ACDC. I don't yeah. know. You just need, and and I love our YouTube song. I mean, yeah, right. You need some sort of driving anthem, you know, to, to get people fired up, get me fired. Are up. you fired up? I'm fired up. What are you can, drinking you over tell? there, dude? You, you know got what? a double you know what? espresso. I didn't sleep well last night. We have a special guest today, and I yeah, just we started. Do. I just started processing like like the the path that I've walked with him, and 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 I I mean. I went to bed at nine, fell asleep by ten, and I was up at two. Right. Good morning. So I wasn't really feeling the best, but man, the coffee is kicking in. Yeah, I'm ready. Let me ask you a question: oh, Are you no. craving the mornings these days? So absolutely. So that's one of my hashtags, um, Doctor John. Do you even know what a hashtag is? <laughs> it's uh, some kind of computer thing, isn't yes, it? Yes, exactly. Kind of it's a, that, that's I know what, what it, I know what hash is. Yeah, that's a, yeah. We've talked about that before. Stop. Okay, stop. Um, so hashtag um, crave morning, right? So when you take a picture and you post it on social media, you throw a hashtag. And, and it kind of a way, somebody wants to look at crave mornings, they see all the ones that, you know, were tagged crave morning. Right. But it's really impactful for me along the way. And again, I've shared, I'm on the slow train, right? This is not a, I, I did not take a pill and get better like that. I did not get a bowl of lightning from heaven and get better like that. This is a day-to-day slow train for me. Somewhere along the way, I woke up, and I'm an early riser. I'm used up at 4, and the sun was starting to come up, and I'm out there with my coffee. I get this feeling inside, you know, and I'm like, you know, it's almost like peace or something was going on, right? And I started every day looking forward to the next day because page 86 in the big book is upon awakening. You know, we, we look at our day ahead. You know, we, we plan our day. And, and so I started doing that. And I started to crave the mornings. So now I go on morning walks and I take pictures of the sunrise and I tag and crave morning. But it's really impactful because I used to hashtag curse mornings. You know, it was midnight, got to take another drink, got to stop the shakes, right? Two o'clock, got to take more booze, got to stop the shakes. I'm measuring, oh, what am I going to do tomorrow? I got to measure how much. I can't be drunk. I can't do this. Okay, I can't be drunk because now I, I can blow off that meeting, blow off. And, and, and the, the sun would come up and I, the pain and the self-hate. And I'm like, another, another day of this bullshit, mm-hmm. alcoholic hell as I call it. And I used to curse the mornings because like, I, I just couldn't handle it. And what a difference between cursing mornings and craving mornings. So, man, that was a long way to answer your, your little snippet. No, there. that's awesome. And, and there's still things that probably make you curse during the day. 
uh, there are still challenges in life. I mean, it's not like Damn you're... Dude, it's stupid stuff. It's like it's <laughs> like I was printing a legal document yesterday, and my printer ran out of ink. <laughs> yeah, it sure did. And, and, and my printer, I mean, it didn't run out of ink. It ran out of paper, mm-hmm. right? And, I mean, that through my head. I'm like, ah, oh, crap, this bullshit, right? Yeah, right. I mean, that's the stuff I suffer through today. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's not really suffering, but you know, I, I, you know, we should talk about the word suffering. No, we're not going, we're not touching that. We're not poking that bear. Yeah. Um, yeah. Suffer so listen, better. that was, you know, we, we definitely went way past our time. We got a guest in the, in the uh, coffee shop today. Dr. John is back with us again. Right. The, yeah. Welcome the Dr. John. Dr. John series. The Dr. John series. Right. What part one of 633. <laughs> um, yeah. Welcome, so, John. so go back and listen to the other episodes or as the ones that come up with Dr. John and uh, very insightful and, um, means a lot to me. You know, we do, we do joke around a little bit, you know, about hashtags and hash and stuff like that. We take this stuff seriously. Um, you know, for me, it was life and death. Uh, you used to curse the mornings. I used to curse my entire existence. It, it was just, and let you go back and listen to my story. I mean, you know, I, I didn't crash my car into another car. I crashed my life into the, you know, the wall of, of despair and, and it just shattered all the way around me blah, blah, blah. So, so I, I got better, you know, and, um, I came into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous and, and met people who taught me, uh, that life is going to hand you life and you just need to deal with it one step at a time, literally get your left foot in front of your right foot, right foot in front of your left foot. And I learned about, I learned about the difference between, because I had gone for periods of my life where I didn't drink or drug, um, you know, just little snippets of time, you know, I'd accumulate a couple of days, but I never knew what living sober was. And so we thought we'd have John back today uh, to talk about what is sober, you know, what's the difference between just not drinking and living a life of sobriety. And so we're so grateful to have you back, John. We really appreciate your stuff. It's great, great to topic. Great to be here. Yeah. Uh, so what's sober, I think, is, yeah, is right. the question. Um, that's something that I struggled with for many years and still do, still do. I don't have a definition for it. Um, but I had, w- with everything, I had misconceptions. You know, When I first came in, I thought my disease was alcohol, uh, that I just got to stop drinking. Then I realized that's only the first essential requirement uh, I also have to clean up my act. I thought if I stop drinking and become a real good boy, I'll be done. And then I realized that uh, my disease is not bad behavior. My disease is alcoholism. We talked about that, this hole in the soul. Now, what, what's sobriety? What's sobriety? For a long time, I thought that sobriety, I mean, we all know what dry is, where you're miserable, you know, sure. uh, restless, irritable, discontent, right. running scared, obsessive worry, and so on. And for a long time, I thought, well, sober must be the opposite of that. Sober must be happy, happy, joy, joy, mm-hmm. you know. And for years, I judged myself harshly. Um, and even though I know it's unwise to compare yourself to others, we all do it, you know. Even though I know I'm comparing my insides with your outsides, you know, it's understandable that you sit at a meeting, my ism's eating me alive, I'm feeling whatever. And I don't need a reason, by the way. My ism has a life of its own. I'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm not talking about situational distress Obviously, bad things happen. You feel bad. Uh, I'm talking about when things are going fine. You know, in my non-alcoholic, non-alcoholic life would say, happy, happy, joy, joy. I'd say, yeah, but, mm-hmm. you know, doom and gloom is on the horizon. That was my insights. So for years, I judged myself harshly, thinking, why is this program not working for me? What am I doing wrong? I felt like an interloper. 
you know, I'd be at meetings where people would talk about how grateful they were and 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 how full of joy and how they, you know, felt spiritual, et cetera, et cetera. And you weren't feeling it. I wasn't feeling it. I thought, well, what am I doing wrong? Now, maybe I'm just rationalizing my perpetual dryness. In fact, like that guy at the meeting last night said, I thought you were a miserable son of a bitch. When is this guy going to get sober? <laughs> my take on it, and this isn't just my invention. I've had some good sponsoring and teaching along the way. My take on it is that I have alcoholism, not alcoholism, as we discussed previously. And I don't think sober is necessarily feeling good. I don't think it's a feel-good program. I'm not saying it's a feel-bad program. Obviously, if we didn't feel better and things didn't get better, none of us would stick around, you know. But there are days when I feel like crap for no apparent reason. Life is still life. Shit happens, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so I've come to the conclusion, to, to, to the belief, it's not an intellectual thing. My belief is that sober really is about enduring the ism, suffering better. The, the program does not fill my void. Um, little tangent here. We always talk about it's not a religious program, it's a spiritual program. But then I've never heard anybody elaborate. What is the difference? When we say cute things like uh, religions for people who are afraid of hell, spiritualities for people who've been to hell. I get that. Mm -hmm. But I think one difference uh, is that religion fills the void. Spirituality helps me to embrace the void. It helps me to suffer better, mm -hmm. to embrace it, to grow from it. And it's a little healthier than alcohol or drug consumption. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, to me, sobriety is is to not be a dick. <laughs> it's that simple. Right. My, my buddy Eddie down in Florida says, you know, I was pontificating about one of these things. And he says, to me, it's simple. Just don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah, right. I right. That, that summarizes it pretty well. That's right. Yeah, But I think it's important for me to know, and maybe it'll help somebody else to know, if you're not feeling good, that's okay. If you're not feeling good. I quit AA about once a week in my head. Mm, yeah? I love that. I, I quit AA about once a week it. in my head. My enthusiasm waxes and wanes. There's times when I'm on fire, like right now. I just love it. Yeah. I love this stuff. When I work with a newcomer. Sure. I, I, I'm just amazed sometimes. It happens so often. Well, you're sitting at a meeting, and it's a gratitude meeting, and I want to puke because I'm not feeling grateful, you know, and everybody's spiritual, and, you know, I mean, I'm still wrestling with this God thing, blah, 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 blah. And I see a newcomer, and I'm just attracted to pain, you know, and, and that's a morbid thing. I can relate to it, I, mm -hmm. you know. And I'll talk to the guy, and next thing I know, I'm like, I'm on fire. You, know, I, I, you change. I'm amazed at how, how much I believe this stuff. Yeah. Now, Ten minutes ago, I'm sitting there doubting everything, yeah. questioning everything, not buying anything. Uh, so, Well, what's amazing to me is that you do keep coming back and you do keep magnating to the newcomer, the person in pain. And you, you have a term, I think it's broken people heal broken people. Or we're, we're broken healers to each other. We're broken healers to yeah. each other. Uh, 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 Reverend Wayne wrote the book, The Broken Healer. Wounded, wounded healer, wounded healer, the wounded healer. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. and it just to me it it, um, it really shows that, because it amazes me, and I'm figuring it out now. It's taken me a while, but why do I keep coming back? I mean, I'm cured. He says sarcastically. Right. You know, I'm I've taken my depression pill. I'm no longer depressed. Why do I keep coming back? Because that's my pill that keeps me sober. It's that sobriety that you're talking about. It, it's being in those meetings, maybe saying. When I go to a meeting, I go to a meeting for a couple of reasons. Number one, I go to go back. I take myself back to that point of pain, October 13, 2018. I want to bring myself back there just for a nanosecond. I need to remember that pain because, as you said in previous episode, 
over time that'll that'll tend to dissipate and 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 uh, dilute. And so I go back just for a moment to that point of pain to remind myself why I came. The rest of the time I'm there, I'm there for two reasons, to grow and to help somebody else grow. Right, right. And I don't know what I'm ever, I never know what I'm going to say, just like now. I never know what I'm going to say, but I'm hoping that one thing I share means something to somebody and helps keep them sober for one more day. Right. Yeah, so you were talking about being sober, and I, I always love to focus on tools, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, and Dr. John, I'm sitting here, I mean, I've known you uh, 10 or 12 years and we've been in many, many hundreds, maybe a thousand meetings together over that period of time. And I've got so many Dr. John isms. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so being sober, I always look at, okay, what are some of the keys to being sober? You have expressed one of the keys that I have latched onto and I do myself. And I also, when, when I work with some sponsees, it's one of the first things I say. Is this phrase that I'm going to say, and I just want you to react to it and kind of share what it means to you and what your direction is, et cetera. And the phrase is, can you all guess? Go ahead. He's, there's many. Wax on, wax on. Uh. <laughs> if, if, because for me, the key to sobriety, to changing right, right. how I live, this was one of those right. key phrases. Yep. It's a Karate Kid story, you know, and I'm not going to go into it in detail, but I, I've shared that story many, many times and to, to the point where people roll their eyes. Hey, here he goes with the Karate Kid Repetition's story again. Repetition's the mother of all knowledge. But you'd be amazed how, how often it takes people years yep. to get it, to get it, you know? That's me. And, and that to, to me, that's a God story. To me, it's a God story. The kid could not make himself a champion. The old man was just a humble janitor, you know? He was not a karate master, okay? But if the kid, the sponsee, does his part which is to be honest. And honest, by the way, means uh, more than just not lying. One of my pet peeves is honest with self. You can only be as honest as you are well, okay? Honest to me means is to share with you what I'm thinking and feeling, even though you may not like it. So the kid did his part. He was honest. He said, I don't want to wax your freaking cars. This is stupid. This is not what I need. You don't understand. And the old man didn't scold him, you know? Secondly, he kept an open mind. He allowed for the possibility that maybe this old fart knows something I don't know. And most importantly, he waxed the cars. Honest, open, willing. They use that in the treatment centers, H-O-W, honest, open, willing. The old man, the sponsor, his uh, job was to not judge. He didn't scold the kid for feeling the way he felt. He said, I hear you. Yeah, if I was in your shoes, I wouldn't like it either. I know this makes no sense to you. So wax on. Keep an open mind, and most importantly, wax on, wax off. And to me, that is the perfect uh, metaphor for the sponsor-sponsor relationship. The kid became a champion for one simple reason. He was willing to do what he was told. Willingness is not a feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, So many things in the we talk about a feeling. Spirituality is a feeling. Love is a feeling. Gratitude is a feeling. Father Martin said, never mind about feeling grateful, be grateful. Mm-hmm. You know, In like manner with willingness, the kid was willing to do what he was told for one simple reason. The pain of doing it his way had become intolerable. Yeah, that is such a great point because nobody, myself, I don't like to be told what to do, period, end. And that's funny because in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, they talk about suggestions. And I can tell you that I could probably put a, a, you know, less than one handful of fingers where people have said, well, I suggest you do this. It's not even a suggestion. If you just listen to what people are saying, they are suggesting how you should live, Right. you know. 
I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't pay tribute to a, a wonderful woman. Her name was Cecilia. She was my mm. mentor for 10 years. In fact, she was my sponsor. But because oh, of the boy, the boy girl thing, <laughs> I called her my mentor. She's older. Than, flags on oh, the field. She was older than Yoda and wiser than Yoda. Um, and I'm not sure why I brought her up, but the, she, she taught me the importance of willingness. You know, um, I'd say I pray. If I had a nickel for how many times I would pray about something, I'd pray, I'd pray, I'd pray. And I go to Cecilia, Cecilia, here's what I'm struggling with. And I'm pretty sure God's will is this. No, John, that's your will. You know, mm -hmm. I need to bounce it off somebody. She mm -hmm. said to me, anytime you think you've got God's will figured out, come and check with me first. <laughs> right. And nine times check out of ten. Check with the real God. <laughs> nine times out of ten. You know. yeah, so so yeah, we, we were talking about feelings and, and what what I have experienced, what I've learned through experience day to day in this program is, you know, and I'm, I always think of this, the uh, Facebook post. And, and we all know if it's on Facebook, if it's, it's on social it's media, John, it's got to be true. It's true. It's sure. fact, right? Sure. And, and this Facebook, it was a meme or whatever it's called. And it, it was like a stop sign or it said your thoughts and feelings are valid. Act on them. Right. <laughs> I did that for fifty years. Wrong, right? You're no, wrong. totally. And and what I just wrote down, you know, action eventually leads to feelings. So I do what I do. I do the right thing, yeah. whether I feel like it or not. Yeah. I just know it's the right thing. And over time, as I reflect back, rarely in the moment, like now I'm walking and I'm getting in shape. I'm losing weight. I'm going to the gym. It's literally the worst 45 minutes of my day. I don't feel good doing it. In yeah. fact, if you saw the, the head shit that was yeah. going on, I absolutely hate it. But the other 23 and a half hours a day, I feel better because I did it. If I do what feels good, it'll eventually feel bad. Oh, I love that. If I do what's right, it'll eventually feel good. Love that. Hmm. But to do what's right, I need your input. Because I'm an alcoholic, I'm a person of the emotional extremes. When I get angry, I get very angry. When I'm scared, I'm very scared. When I'm, et cetera, whatever the emotion is. And aroused emotion always affects judgment, mm. you know? And that's why I need you to read my blind spot, read my navel for me. So to act rightly, to do what is right, which will eventually feel good, um, I need your input. Yeah, it's funny. I saw John at a Sunday morning breakfast last Sunday and uh, <clears throat> AA breakfast. And, and I said to him, I said, John, are you okay? Right, because because you were just a little off, and but again, who am I to say that, mm -hmm. right? But but it's to your point. Yeah. I mean, we read each other. Yeah. You know, yeah. when you're on, you're off, right. and and it was just concerning. And, right. and uh, you said, "No, I'm fine," and I I bought it. I, I lied. I lied. I lied. My user was on me. Totally. Right. Um, but but that's what my my wife has described me. She goes, "Glenn, you're either a one or you're a ten. Right. All or none. She goes, "You are not a five. She goes, "I have never seen you a five. Yeah. Who um, wants to be a five? I know. Absolutely. I mean. Uh, can I add one more quick dog story? Yeah. I don't yeah. know how much time we have left. You know, about working the program. What does it mean to be sober? Well, I think I've expressed mm -hmm. I don't think it's about feeling good. And I'm not a masochist. I'm not about feeling bad. I'm Are not you a sure? <laughs> I'm not a pain freak, but I have the ism. And the program has taught me it's okay to be broken. Okay? Dog story, real quick. A short version. Samantha. The boys and I went and adopted a dog, and this dog and I had almost a mystical bond. I mean, more than any other dog. This dog just bigger than a horse it was like marmaduke <laughs> and uh didn't have her long she got sick and she died <laughs> and a few days afterwards i'm sitting there thinking why do i miss this dog so much and i was really sad and i'm not weird i don't put the ashes on i'm thinking you know she wasn't a pedigree 
She didn't know any tricks. She cost me a ton of money towards the end with veterinary bills. She pooped all over the kitchen floor. Why do I miss her so much? My first thought was, I know why, because she loved me unconditionally. And most people say, well, no, that's not really true. If I didn't feed her and rub her belly, her love for me was actually conditional. Mm -hmm. And then the epiphany. I missed her so because she afforded me an opportunity to love her unconditionally. And it hit me like a ton of bricks, and it gives me goosebumps And I was about six, seven years old. I believe that that is the only need we have. I have lots of wants. I want you to love me unconditionally. I want you to applaud me. But I really think the only need we have, the only need we have is to give love unconditionally. My last thought was, if I could love my fellow man that way, that would be heaven on earth. Well, that's the 12-step serving. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's the superpower. The 12-step in serving is a superpower. First right. thing I do is get up in the morning as I make my wife coffee. I make their lunches. And I make gourmet lunches. You know, And that's my way of, of loving that dog unconditionally. Right. And you know what? I used to count the thank yous. I used to count the accolades. And, and now I, I, I can actually change a trash bag without getting a pat on the back. You know, Because, again, over time. Um, the, the one thing I want to point out when you talk about comparison, right? Because we go into rooms and, and we compare. You know, we, 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 com- we compare ourselves out and we right. compare ourselves in. Right. Like, oh, I wasn't that bad. Right. Or I didn't do that. Right. I probably shouldn't be here. Right. right? But there's 400 other ways, they, reasons why they should be here. But a story, you know, perception versus reality, insides versus their outsides. But their outsides are what they want you to see. And this really caught my eye a couple of years ago. A buddy I grew up with on Facebook, you know, I grew up with, he's on Facebook. And he and his wife are like the couple of the year, year after year. All the pretty Christmas pictures and the nice house and the nice vacations and all the loves and kisses and everything else. And so I called him up one day I'm just to check in. I'm like, hey, man, how you doing? He goes, oh, my, my life's falling apart. He goes, what do you mean falling apart? I said, you guys win the couple of the year award. He goes, ah, no, that's all fake. He says, I haven't lived in the same bedroom with my wife for 15 years. She's a raging alcoholic. Our life is falling apart. We're getting a divorce. Our house is getting foreclosed on. I mean, just his entire, and, and the week before, you know, I was looking at his outside saying, oh, my God, these people are great. Right. So, I mean, especially in the world of social media today, I mean, my, my, my daughter's into, like, the influencer marketing and public relations and stuff. And, and I, I don't know what the percentage is, but maybe 80% of it is absolute fake made up. Right, so so now I'm sitting there looking at somebody else's outside, so it's probably fake, and I'm saying, oh, I don't feel as good because I don't have that, or I don't look like that, or I don't do this, so, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's that's a and, and, very e- good point about comparison. And, and even when it's not deliberately manufactured, even if a person isn't trying to put on a facade or fool you, I think that you know I was born scared, and I still run scared. It's just the way I'm wired. I'm a glass half empty guy, an obsessive worrier. I think that if you were to ask 100 people who've known me over the course of my life, describe John in one word, I don't think any of them would have said scared. They would say competent, arrogant, take charge, kick ass, type A, driven. That's all compensatory. I think the character defects are compensatory. I don't mean to be an arrogant ass. When I met Cecilia the first, first day I met her, you're the most arrogant ass I've ever met. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, good morning. You we're we're going to have said, a great who, relationship. Who, who said that? Your wife? Cecilia. No. Oh, Cecilia. Uh, yeah. Pseudo sponsor. Yeah. That's awesome. So I agree with you, but yeah. even when it's not deliberately manufactured, yeah. even when we're as genuine as we can, um, yeah. you know. Uh, good stuff, John. Great stuff. I, I, I could go on another hour, but we do have to go because people want our table. 
Yeah, we do. I, I hate saying goodbye, Doc. Yeah, it's thank been good. It's been good man. stuff, man. Thank it's you so been, much. It's been so valuable to my path. I just want to say thank you. And by, by the way, that's mutual. You guys have thanked me. That's mutual. You know, we're all wounded healers to each other, and I've learned as much from you guys as you have from me. Mm. Thanks, John. Amen, man. Have a great week, man. Good having coffee with you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for today's Coffee Chat. To contact the show, email us at podcast at sober.coffee. If you need immediate help, the AA hotline is 800-839-1686. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255. Remember, Mike and Glenn are sharing their own journey on the path to recovery. Any suggestions, medical or otherwise, are their own experiences and should not be viewed as professional advice. See you next week, and remember, there is a solution. 